and we're back on the air for that live chat on our Friday mornings with the wonderful Jason Spieth. How are you doing today, Jason? Excellent. And how are you doing on this fine festive Friday? Oh, just dandy. Just wonderful. It's a good one. I'm happy. What level of handshaking do you have around your office? Are you guys still shaking hands or have you gotten to just waves or? Oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's so strange. We had a chamber banquet last night and I, I didn't even think about it. I just found myself shaking people's hands. But see, I don't worry about it because I wash my hands. Right. Also, I made myself some hand sanitizer. I just, but I, I feel weird not shaking someone's hand because, I mean, I haven't taught them the cool foot handshake yet, the foot shake. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little bit different of the the levels of, of scare, coronavirus scare out there, as well as the cancellations have really shocked me, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, and there's a r- bunch of different ways. Of course, it's affecting the energy industry. It's a, in a r- variety of different ways, from petroleum, transportation, to consumer goods, to think about what's going on at the movie theaters, think about restaurants, think about... Uh, anything with public outings are probably being impacted. Trips. I saw uh, a, a story about how the airline industry had never seen anything like it in terms of dropping of, of, of flights and that sort of thing. So this is going to have a real effect through the through the industry. And of course, with the energy industry, Trump has already come out and started some conversations about whether they will need a bailout. And the industry. The old school guy's knee-jerk reaction was absolutely not. Don't even bring up that conversation. We're not interested in anything like that. That's not what the energy industry is all about. So that's one story that you should keep an eye on because we've talked about this over the last year, year and a half, two years, however long you've been there. I know your predecessors, we've been talking about this as well, which is, the energy industry is going through a shift, a paradigm shift. We've had some CEOs on this program before. Back when they were accessible, now it's like a rare white albino elk sighting to find these CEOs nowadays. And and, and I mean that to be you know tongue-in-cheek. I don't mean that to take a shot at them because back when the shale revolution was in its heyday, they were... They were at conferences, going around and being very accessible. Now it's 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 different times, you know. So, uh, but back then they were talking about a paradigm shift, and I've said this before. These CEOs they don't chuck and jive, and they don't say things that are going to be over the top, sensational, like you know a lot of news pundits. No, they they have to say things that are pretty accurate, otherwise they get sued, or shareholders get upset. Or competition will get upset. So they've got to be careful with what they say. So when a lot of these leaders were saying, you know, the energy industry is going through a paradigm shift, I firmly believe the bailout is an example of the paradigm shift at a crossroads. Meaning that if they do what the knee-jerk reaction was, which is reject the bailout, then that part of the industry has remained intact. If they take the bailout, then the industry, I think, is just completely changed, completely, because now you've got government, and um, it's a little bit different than um, than like say the FCC with with what Carl's got with the radio station there, you know, and even some some energy municipalities. When you start talking about public works, there's kind of a set of public trust and rules. When you're bailing someone out, you're giving them money. That's a different expectation that's a different 
line chain of command, if you will, than say what you know a radio station has with the FCC. That's more of an agreement and an arrangement. A bailout's a little different. I understand it's still an agreement and an arrangement, but it's a totally different understanding. So that's one story I think people should really keep an eye on when it comes to the energy industry, because if they start taking a bailout, then that's that is a that's a whole different conversation and we'll be having podcasts and radio shows and all kinds of interviews to that. The other part is this coronavirus which is real. And the level of hysteria that's to be determined. Uh I I've been, I've talked to an infectious disease doctor and he's he's going out to dinner tonight. So he's perfectly fine. He washes his hands. Uh he's I asked him about the toilet paper and and he said he doesn't understand the toilet paper because this is not a gastrointestinal symptoms at all. So he doesn't understand where that even came from, how that became a thing. But uh, we're going to be interviewing him sometime over the next few days about this. Since since a lot of my interviews now will just go online, but they don't hit the radios till Monday and that sort of thing. So over the next few days, maybe over the weekend, we'll interview uh, Mark Sanis from uh, from the he's down in Hutchkins. Um, down in Minnesota, Minneapolis, doing infectious diseases. And so great knowledge when it comes to this topic. And, you know, the other parts of it, too, when you're talking about the coronavirus, you know, there's some myths out there and then there's some things that are factual. And to me, a lot of it boils down to what do you do? The, The canceling of events has just perplexed me beyond belief. Now, when when we look at the hysteria of it, it's easy to jump on the conspiracy bandwagon. It's very easy to jump on the, oh, this is just the flu. And there's a lot of truth behind actually both of those, to be perfectly honest. And you, you're probably familiar with both of those different, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you walked into a bar, th- these are the different conversations you'd be hearing, okay? And really what, what I, I think... You know, especially talking to Mark Sanis and the doctors and some of the other things, I think what what their big concern is is more of the staffing of the hospitals. When you start getting into some of this hysteria and some of this realistic, you know, some people are susceptible. Some are not everybody and not even the majority of people, but some are. And when everybody's going to the hospital, they're not equipped for that, and it's flu season, and so. I, to me, I think that's actually the biggest uh, reason for a lot of this kind of containment, this public containment. Uh, I do think the NBA was going to just do the fan fanless experience. I think the NBA is the the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will, or got the snowball rolling because after they canceled, then everybody just started canceling the um, NCAA tournaments. They, they were going to do a fanless experience, which is really, that's a, I don't agree with that. There's, and, and you're in the media, so you can understand what I'm talking about here. You've, yeah. you, you've done live events, right? You've done things in front of live events, whether it's 10 people it's or a thousand people. It's not the same. I see. I felt bad for the players on that regard because players at yet live events like this, whether it's a game or just a production of any kind, it's the people that are, that everyone is watching they, they utilize the energy from the crowd. Totally. So and, I feel and, like it would have really 
affected the playing. And and that's what I, I try to explain to people is that, you know, when, when you're out in front of people, whether it's a basketball game or it's a professional wrestling event or it's a rock concert or it's like what you and I do sometimes, like I get in front of people at the Bach and barbecue when I MC it and, you know, there's two, three, four, five thousand 5,000 people there. That's a lot of people to be in front of. And you play off that energy. You feel that energy. If, if you watch VH1 for any amount of time, you'll find some documentary on rock stars. And the whole reason that they go down the drug and alcohol path, most of them is because they're searching for that high, they, that high that you get on stage because you can't bottle it. And so... I, I do feel bad for the players that would, you know, if they played without fans, it's just, it, it'd be a different experience. And um, the energy and the fan experience is a very big part of the game. It's a very big part of the game. Even at like when I watch my kid play basketball, you know, he's in eighth grade and what is there? 50, 70 people there, mostly parents. The kids, they still love it because, you know, you got parents yelling and cheering and everything like that. And that's just on the small scale of things. So imagine playing your whole life. You're playing for Belmont. And then all of a sudden you get to go play Kansas in the tournament and there's no fans there. Let's say you beat them. Let's say you beat Kansas in front of no fans. Oh, man. If a tree falls in the forest, did it happen? <laughs> but... Um, you, it's it's just interesting to me the um the social engineering behind this has been a very interesting uh dynamic to watch play out and like i said i think the nba had a lot to do with it i think they were going to be cool with the fanless experience and then when a couple players got it then that was it that was it and you know they they had a public responsibility they had a public relations responsibility and, you know, here's the interesting thing about that, too, because, I, I, you know, t talking off the air and getting some pre-interview stuff done, you know, I asked about, you know, the NBA. I would have thought it'd be more than just the one or two players because you're sweating, you're bumping up against each other and all this different stuff. And so that's kind of really some good news when you think about it, because it is more of a coughing, sneezing type of a thing. So the hand washing is important, you know, and the mouth and the sneezing and the covering and that sort of thing. It's not so much about the sweat and the, do, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. 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 So, you know, that, that's, that's some important information too. So it's the getting back to the whole banning and canceling of things. Um, I would be a little bit, if, if, if I was the public and I did not want to put my conspiratorial hat on, but I wanted to put my public citizen hat on. I would say that the initial, oh, I don't like this, it stinks meter would be on the fact of the public officials one-upping each other with cancellations. It seemed like that kind of went on. Like when the schools started canceling, before the State Department's public health recommended it, to me, that was one-upsmanship. That was one-upsmanship. Now, I'm not trying to discount anybody for, you know, uh, edging on the side of safety, but there's a fine line between safety and hysteria, and that's where real leadership shows its co colors. And when you start canceling schools before the state health department comes out and recommends things like that, you're 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 showing leadership of some kind. 
That's all I'm going to say. Whether it's positive or negative is a different story. That's for the public to decide. Right. Right. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, be, be political here. I'm not trying to be opinion based, but the fact of the matter is in many states, they did cancel schools before the state health departments declared it to that level. So, um, you know, that, so I think there's a lot to be learned about this for one, you know, it's still going on. It's still a problem. I'm I'm in I'm in my mid forties and I'm a white male, so apparently I'm okay. If I'm if if I'm on the elderly side, I'm a little bit nervous. You know, I'm probably not shaking hands at the Catholic mass. <laughs> I mean, it's well, and there was a one hundred and three Chinese one hundred and three year old Chinese woman who just recovered from this virus. It's not as much about age as it is about pre existing health conditions and whether or not your immune system is simply healthy enough to take it. You know. Oh, I know. And, you know, there's some there's some other questions I have, you know, pets, because my understanding is, is that this started with bat soup and then and then transmitted from animals to animals. Now, I, I, I get that the bat soup thing, I think, is now debunked that that's one of the theories. But I know that was the initial theory that somebody bought some uh, bats from a, you know, a, a farmer's market down in China. They call it something else. That then started the whole deal, but it did transmit from animal to animal, and then it went from animal to human, and then human to human. And when, when viruses do that, of course, that sets off a flag with, with a lot of infectious disease people and people in healthcare, because when it's animal to animal and then animal to human and then human to human, how do you control that from the animal side of things? So I do, I do want to, yeah, what's that? I'm sorry? I, I hadn't heard that origin story. Oh, yeah, look it up. That's there, uh, the bat soup. I think it's bat, bat wing soup. Apparently, that's a delicacy in Asia or a, a staple. I don't know which one. Um, I would be disgusted by either one, to be honest. I don't particularly care to eat bat, whether it be poached, sautéed, or blackened, um, or fried. I don't think I'd enjoy bat any which way you you, you do it, but whatever, to each their own. Um, and... Uh, Anyway, that, that, that's, that's kind of one of the first popular theories behind it. But I, the reason I bring it up is I, I do want to find out about the pets. You know, you know I, I, for me, I'm a big advocate of random dogs licking my face. I'm okay with that. Man, I love it. I'll rub their belly all day long. In fact, I like more dogs than I prefer humans. So let's talk about that. I mean, so can I just go pet random dogs or am I going to get the coronavirus from that too? So. Yes, I hadn't considered it. I just, I don't know. We'll probably need to wrap this up here pretty quick, though. You, no, you, a, not much to do with uh, energy this week specifically, but a few things to, to keep an eye on uh, when it comes to energy. Of course, the coronavirus is going to impact the economy greatly because you're going to have businesses unbelievably affected by people self-quarantine and staying home and not just being a part of their regular routine, unlike literally overnight i mean on a dime we're talking about within a week's time frame people's behavior has changed so um there's gonna be more to come with this and we'll be following it with the crude life so check us out we got a daily podcast monday through thursday with a weekend review on the weekends and then of course the weekends for us is friday saturday sunday we work fridays but in our mind it's friday saturday sunday so we'll see you next week okay sounds great thank you so much it was great talking with you jason